0: Interesting. And and to look at Cambodia for me then, I mean, God knows, blood-drenched country over the time, but there were hopes for democracy.
1: There were hopes in Cambodia, but the hopes of, they have little to show for it, Fran. Uh, and unfortunately, on August 22nd, there, were an elect, there was an election in which the opposition was banned. Uh, the long-standing strongman leader, Hun Sen, he stepped aside, but who stepped into his place? His son, Hun Mane and he's now exactly likely to lead like his father with an iron fist. He is, by by all accounts, Cambodia is now a hereditary dictatorship. It's not dissimilar from South Korea. We see all these tales. We saw Kim Jong-un featuring prominently in the media last week, his meeting with Vladimir Putin. Cambodia is now somewhat similar to North Korea in the sense that it is a hereditary dictatorship. And that is an element that... I think, fuses all these countries together, something that all of them have in common, that there is a dynastic element to their politics. They are all families uh, families of people in power, who are taking on, passing the mantle from one generation to the next. You, and you'd
0: wonder, did they learn anything from the killing fields, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and it is a serious problem. It is a serious, because it's a setback for for the region in general, not just politically, but economically. All these things have economic ramifications. The economic uh Uh, implications in terms of government, uh, in terms of investment into the region, makes the region less attractive. So, a worrying case for everyone involved there.
0: That's for sure. We ask you to have a look as a political figure for us every single week. It's old Abe, this time Abraham Lincoln. When When you were looking um, when you were researching it. What, what did you make of uh, the man?
1: Yeah, honest Abe, old Abe. Like, I mean, he's consistently ranked among the most popular of US presidents. Among He's up there with the likes of, of Roosevelt and uh, Reagan, sometimes George yeah. Washington. But they often put Lincoln on a pedestal above all others. I learned a lot about him from just from in the course of my research in the past week. I learned, you know, he he stood up to slavery. He stood up, and that was essentially his raison d'être. That was the reason he got into politics, the reason he became prominent, the reason he became president and served so successfully. But he was a highly divisive politician Mm. at the same time, and it was his opposition to slavery that divided America and led to, effectively, the civil war across the United States in the early 1860s. Uh, Huge schisms in terms of the population. You had the Confederate States of the South... Uh, wanting to preserve slavery and preserve everything that had to do with that. You had the breakaway states of the North fighting against it, doing all they could to eradicate slavery. And Lincoln, of course, played a forefront role in that. But he came from relatively humble beginnings. He, uh, he was essentially brought up in a log cabin in Kentucky, raised on the frontier in, in Indiana. He was self-educated, essentially, became a lawyer, The Whig Party leader, the Whig Party was kind of the predecessor to the modern-day Republican Party. Uh, He then became an Illinois state legislator and a U.S. congressman subsequently from Illinois. Uh, in, In 1854, then, he was angered by something called the kansas nebraska Kansas Nebraska Act which opened the territories to slavery and he re-entered national politics as a result of that. He wanted to confront the slavery conundrum. He wanted to confront and take on that question and he wanted to heal the divides that occurred in American politics. Now it could be argued that he he deepened and and made these divides even more entrenched and that's one line of argument I've said I've seen that was, you know, postulated or floated against him that he actually Split the US even more so than, you know, prior to coming into office. But he was a man of principle. He was a man of ideals, hmm. and he stuck true to those ideals. And eventually, he did win over uh, the com- or the states of the North, and he did yes. establish the United States as we know it today.
0: Right, but of course, for his sins, then he was uh, assassinated. He
1: was assassinated, yeah. like like so many great presidents, like yeah. JFK. Uh, it was it was in a a, a theater yeah. uh, at night. The war had just ended. Literally, we were just on the verge of of peace coming to. Coming to the region, coming to America, uh, when he was assassinated by a, a fellow called Boot, who was an ardent uh, anti-anti-Lincoln uh, campaigner. He was a slave party advocate, or a slave, as an advocate of slavery, uh, and. You know it was it was amongst the most tragic events in American history because it remains to be seen what trajectory the country would have taken had Lincoln been allowed to remain in power. He may well have brought it on a on a path to further stability on a path to further democracy he may have been able to get those states from the south and have them working in cohesion with them in the north. But that didn't materialise. It turned out very different. We,
0: we seem to be living in a time as well, Thomas, where we're re-evaluating history and historical figures and there's some re-evaluation of Lincoln going on at, uh, at the moment and there's legislation uh, in place or will about to be in place to remove the Emancipation Memorial from Lincoln Park with that notion that some people, including um, uh, Eleanor Holmes, Norton believing that you know it wasn't just he who was responsible for the abolition of slavery that the black people themselves played a huge part.
1: Yeah, it, well, know? it was a civil movement. Yeah. It was it was a movement that spanned across the country and across the south, mm. uh, across the north as but well. Without him, it it wouldn't have happened. No, without yeah. him, it would have had. He was the sim not not only was he the symbolic leader, Fran. He was the real physical leader. Without him, the reforms wouldn't have been possible. Without his legislative power and his shrewd political instinct, his acumen in politics, it just would not have been possible. He led he led the US through uh, what was effectively a war-torn time, a war-torn, a time of dilemma and crisis and serious, serious acrimony on both sides, bitterness on the part of people in the South towards the Northerners and vice versa. Lincoln led them through all that uh, and he came out on the far side of it in 1865 as, mm. as a true leader uh, but also as a highly divisive figure.
0: I, I'm delighted you mentioned it because it always amuses me as to how he's always portrayed in the very same way in every movie where Hollywood is concerned. There's always this soft music and this sort of inspirational image of him, is there not?
1: Yeah, well, he's he is coveted by Americans. He, yes. he is loved. You know, he appears on, I think it's the the $5 bill, I think the, the one penny or one pound or so, you know, yeah. the, the currency notes. You have the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, Uh, you have various other tributes to him across the nation... And Americans are really, really proud of him uh, yes. and what he has done. And the
0: the one they want to remove, I think, is the the depiction of him with kind of slaves at his feet or something like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. and that, that is, is that, that is, is the, the that somewhat controversial is. aspect.
0: We're we're just about out of time. In fact, we are out of time. But in terms of watching out for, if you were to pick one thing, what what would you say we should look out for in the week to come? I think. Thomas? Well,
1: I didn't mention it here, but all eyes in the United Nations General Assembly in New York, uh, New York, yeah. our, our own Shock, Leo Varadkar making an address today. U.S. President Joe Biden's speech later in the week will be very significant. A lot of significant actors deciding to issue this one, to not to turn up. No Rishi Sunak, no Emmanuel Macron. They're both busy. No Vladimir Putin, no Xi Jinping. They have they're occupied elsewhere as well. God knows what they're up to. Do,
0: does that dilute the I don't know, the efficacy of something. I
1: think like it this, does. Doesn't? I yeah, think it, it yeah. hu- hugely it undermines the credibility of the UN as a whole and it undermines the, the whole stature of the event because it's supposed to be a global gathering, a global get-together of leaders uh, from all corners of the earth, from the most significant powers. But when you have so many deciding just not to turn up at the event, it definitely undermines the credibility. There is no doubt about that.
0: All right. You're also advocating that we would have a look at what uh, uh, Ursula von der Leyen is doing. That call of history. She's backing EU membership for for Ukraine. For
1: Ukraine, you're yeah. not yeah. hugely significant step, and yeah. of course, she's leading on for a for a new push to become EU commissioner to serve a second term, and that will prim- pr- presumably become a for a core focus of that second term.
0: All right, Thomas. Always good to it's see. you. Thanks, thanks very much indeed. News and information is coming up.
1: Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or ie.
0: Welcome back to the final hour of uh, Tip Today. Bill was on to us from Carrick. He says he always enjoys listening to Thomas Conway. Wonderful clarity in his voice, it says here. And he delivers some very interesting. Interesting information. We noticed that he has been delivering news on Tip FM uh, on Sunday as well. Watch out Fran, it says he's after your job. Well done, Thomas One. Well, it's great to see uh, somebody as young as he is, and as informed, and a great uh, personality as well. So well done to Thomas, and thank you for that, Bill, on 83 three double one double three double one. Now, we're with you every single weekday morning, of course, with a uh, tip today from nine. And Helen spoke to me this morning about the Late Late Show, and it led her to telling us a surprising fact that I certainly wasn't expecting. Here's a little of what she had to say to us just after nine o'clock this morning.
2: And Brought me back to Gay
0: Burn and his sense of humour when he was talking about condoms and he was showing how to use it, put one it on and he said, "Pardon the expression, but <laughs> roll it there, Colette. <laughs> oh, you're bringing me back lovely memories now. Oh my that's, God! That's do you, by the way, do you know
2: why they're called Johnnies?
0: I don't know why they're called Johnnies now. Why, was, why are they called Johnnies, Ellen?
2: I'll tell you why. In the 17th century England, there were they, they had a form of condoms,
0: and they were made by a pharmacist called John Miles. Right.
2: And they called them Johnny Miles or Johnnies.
0: I, do you know every day is a school day, Helen? I, I didn't interests. think I'd get information of that quality from you this morning, but... <laughs> oh, there you go. You never know what you get from me. My head does a lot of things. <laughs> Helen, and I sometimes love sometimes it. it goes into mad areas altogether. <laughs> never, Helen, never. That's, uh, Helen speaking to us this morning just after at nine o'clock. It just goes to show you, when we go off on tangents on this programme, we do it in great style, indeed. I hope we won't go off on tangents now. I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by John G. O'Dwyer. How are you, John? I am
2: very well. The first thing I have to to say now, like RTE is this that you know? I'm ruling myself out for the job, but you know, of, on tip today, I'm t- you're I'm, ruling yeah, yourself out of that. You have no problem here. Thomas Conway may be a problem, but since they all ruled themselves out on RTE, I'll have to rule myself out here as well.
0: <laughs> I always felt when that was happening that it was a sure sign that people were holding their hands up and saying, yeah yeah, "Yeah, yeah, yeah."
2: Well, I, I think what had been happening was the, the phone hadn't been ringing.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so they wanted to pile in. Yeah, on, yeah, on it all. Yeah. That's great, isn't it? Um Walks up, no, by the way first of all before we go on we've, we've drawn the curtains on uh, walks and talks for this year but congratulations what is that a great great programme so yeah I fantastic.
2: think well it's in a way it's not me or it's not Alison I think we had some fabulous guests oh, on brilliant. it and you know I'd never really spoken to him before but the guy I was most impressed with was Johnny Lachey, yeah, guy. I thought that was. you know and he was no angel when he was young Yeah, he, he'll admit that himself yeah. and then he hit the buffers but how he transformed his life and he does seem you know to care about other people, people now. So it shows what you can do. And you know, King didn't come out on the air much at all, but all the time he kept reminding us, I have to wish well my mother who's in, in a home. And uh, that kept going. He seems to care for her enormously. And then he didn't even see me, but afterwards I was up in the shopping centre in Torres, and there he was. He'd he taken her out of the home and he was bringing her in for, her, for supper. So, yeah. you know, it was, and there was some, and even John McGurk, you know. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But well, Father Iggy, wow, what a. God. Better absolutely. What a a man, you know. Yeah, and institutional church as well as that. He came out and said it has no future. But you need 40 minutes with these guys. Of course, yeah. What is the future then? I'd love to have asked him that. Where does he see the church and maybe you'll have to ring him up and ask him about that. Well, we
0: spoke to him lots of times on on the programme and I always look forward to it as I do with John Leahy as well. You heard to talk to us about walking though uh, this morning. Uh, Put your tourism hat on you, John, for a moment. The importance of walking to us now yes you know it's it's vital
2: isn't it well i'll tell you what i did uh this is Monday, last Monday, I was over in the Rock of Cashel, seeing off a group of people and they were doing St. Ecton's Way. And there was about 18 of them. And they came into Ireland specifically to do St. Ecton's Way, to walk St. Ecton's Way. They They saw the Rock of Cashel, by the way, but they didn't come in for any other reason. They came in to do that. Now, there are very, very few products in Ireland. I wouldn't say anybody ever comes into Ireland for the Cliffs of Moher alone, or for the Rock of Cashel, or for anything Else, yes. you know they, what walking is one thing, and particularly pilgrim paths, and it's the same with the Camino. P, some of those people flew in on Sunday walked St. Ecton's Way and flew out the following uh, Sunday without seeing, with seeing no. very little in Ireland. So specifically for that. Specifically for that. that. And that is the thing I think we have to knock home to people. We have a great product. We have first move or advantage on a, on a, a week-long pilgrim path in Ireland. We mm. probably haven't publicised it enough, or invested in it yeah. enough. But it has, you know, that's the sort of transformation. And not only that then, they would have been close to the path. They were walkers. So all their spending had to be, mm. Right. There were three nights I know in Care House Hotel. But,
0: But John, what are they telling you when they're going away? Did we look after them?
2: Yeah, well, I think on the Pilgrim, well, certainly this was Waterford Camino and certainly they were looked after. I mean, I had a chat with them and set them on their way, but I actually joined them for dinner in the Care House Hotel. And what they had there as well, you know, different things. There was actually, they had, you know, a sing song there. They actually had music during the meal there. So, and then the highlight of their stay, which is, I think is tremendous, uh, is they go down and they stay two nights in Mount Mallory Abbey and overnights there and they absolutely love it. And you know who cooks the meal for them? on the first night they're there the Abbas Dom Richard is a fantastic cook down there. So where do you get that anywhere else in the world where your food is actually prepared and served to you by the abbot? And seemingly it's the highlight of his week. He loves expressing himself through food. So like those are all the small things that make a difference. And you get then, and the way I think tourism is going, it's going now towards slow tourism. And we have to think of that rather than something where, you know, you come in in a week and try and do the whole wild Atlantic way it's into slow tourism and I think Tipperary is particularly well set up for that and we also then are working on the Litt- Littleton Labyrinth as well as that yes. and the shovels are going into the ground this week on that and that will be you know it'll be something different again because what I'm thinking is the normal greenways are reaching saturation point at this stage you know you got a huge benefit from the first one the Great Western Greenway the second one Waterford now they're kind of you know they're in every area and they, I don't think they will be as transformative in the future. But this is different. This is actually a peatway. way. It's through a bog. So it'll be the, I, you know, a, a unique selling point there would be a family for the first time. You can cycle into the heart of a bog for the first time in Ireland. Those are the sort of, th- of things where you've differentiated. And of course, we did it together as well. I mean, the great story about the finding of the Derry na Flan no, marbles, and the human yeah. interest that yeah, was in that yeah. as well. And I'll give my own opinion on it, that actually. Actually, uh, the webs who found it were actually quite poorly treated in yes. that particular thing. But in the media, it was it was the opposite, that they were looking for five million or something like that. But that only happened when the two sides fell apart. Of
0: course, indeed. Great I, story. Can I just take you back to what you said to me about the saturation there, her blue ways mm. and green ways are concerned? I... Are you concerned about that? You,
2: well, I think you have to innovate the, do all you, the time. Do you think
0: we need to stop developing those?
2: No, because I think the thing is they have benefits in your, you know, they have benefits locally. For, h- locally.
0: Yes, okay. And they
2: get people out and they keep people out of the emergency units in hospital, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and, you know, as well as that for mental health, people get out into green spaces. Now, some have exceptions. For example, I think the Blue Way here, the fact that it's all the way from Clonmel to Carrick and it's a waterway walk all mm. the way I think that is something that has kind of a uniqueness to itself mm. but we have to be careful now and they're very expensive about investing huge amounts in greenways when yes. I was looking at it there and just about every county council in the country has an application in for funding at the moment to do some kind of a greenway you know you uh, you know, the, the first the first move advantage is always the best one. But then as more and more come on board, you will find you need to innovate all the time. We've gone through the greenway phase. We're certainly walking, but I think it's pilgrim paths, innovative things like uh, peatways, coastal walks, that kind of thing. I think that's the future. Very but slow much, tourism yeah. is
0: it. And uh, the cyclists and walkers on some of these greenways mm. and blueways, they don't sit easily together all no, of the no, time. they I mean, don't,
2: we, absolutely. I yeah. mean, really most of the greenways, I think they're most suitable for cycling. You know, there's no doubt about that. Somebody was asking me there lately now about doing a charity event down on the Waterford Greenway and I was saying, that's very packed and that kind of thing and the cyclists whizzing past you and everything else. You know, it may not be suitable for that. Now, the Waterford Greenway has been a success because it was the second major one that was done in Ireland. But I'd say at this stage we have about 15 greenways and, you know, it's... You see... the. The cyclists then that go on it are the leisure cyclists. The people who are in cycling clubs who like to do 100 kilometres on a Sunday, they're not going to go along on those either. And remember that when you're crossing a road, you have to get off your bike and all that kind of thing. So it doesn't fit in with them as well. And then sometimes, I'm amazed actually when I've been on them, there actually aren't more accidents on them. Because some cyclists are flying along. Yeah, we get a lot
0: of complaints and uh, there's no bells on bikes nowadays. What you should
2: do is... Well, press your bell, and then when you come, don't come up, whiz up behind somebody. If they're on the right-hand side, you press your bell first, and then you say passing left or yes. passing right. Uh, but you don't come up, and you suddenly and you whiz right. past them. The only the thing I will Friday. say,
0: as a very recent cyclist, uh, you have walkers. You have walkers with the earbuds yeah, in, and yeah. they're listening to music or they're listening to podcasts. And even when you ring the bell, they can't hear yeah, you. Yeah.
2: Well, you, as well as that, when you're passing somebody, courtesy suggests that you also pass carefully and you yes. slow down. Remember the. The care is with, in all situations, this is in hill walking, skiing and everything else, there's a person coming from behind, because they have the duty of care.
0: Okay, one of our listeners is saying, uh, live on uh, St. Eklund's Way, it's great to see jolly people walking and laughing, uh, but we need to try and keep it tidy, and that's James who's in Attiquette uh, this morning.
2: Is that of concern to you, keeping these ways tidy, is that an issue even? I haven't come across it as an issue, except in the sense that we need to keep the whole country tidy. (laughs) And naturally, we're a bit of an untidy race. But certainly, you know, a lot of people go out on it, they watch it. And I I have seen people out there on the way with their plastic bags going out and picking up all the the litter that's along it. There shouldn't be litter there, but maybe this person might, if there is, you know, rather than maybe ringing in here, might say, look, get a plastic bag, go out. And if there are untidy people being around, just clear it out.
0: And your role on temporary tourism. John, I'm just wondering why why are we still selling the images of the Rock of Cashel and the the hills of uh, the the place and Clare and all of slips of more and all of this, as opposed to some of the the the, the pilgrim paths and that? You well,
2: know? they're the, they're the signature attractions, but the answer is. I'm probably not 100% certain of exactly. I mean, I have been an advocate for a long time of doing things like the Pilgrim Pants and that because, as I say, you will get people to come in specifically for that. Now, the Rock of Cashel and the Cliffs of Moher and the Blarney Stone and that put them together as a portfolio and they are extremely powerful. So we have to keep selling those as well. And they are, of course, the attractions that are known. But I think we have been extremely conservative. I mean, for example, you take the Rock of Cashel. Well, I, you probably did it as well. Did you ever sneak in over the wall and under, climb up to the top? top? We
0: used to sneak in under the gate when it was... Under a the gate, or yeah, in, yeah, at the, yeah. in, in
2: at the Scully Monument. Yeah. You get up there to the top. Now, I would consider selfies is what an awful lot is about. Mm. That is one of the finest selfie points in Ireland. But nobody is allowed up no, there to up explore there. that. Yes, yeah. you know, you could say, oh, health and safety, of course... No problem in Blarney Castle, which is even more dangerous. You put in, you know, some kind of a a wooden scaffolding that will get people up there, and if the next generation don't like it, they can take it out of it, and the building hasn't been compromised in any way. The same thing with Trim Castle. Loads of places. I don't know why, but if that was was there, people would spend longer on the Rock of Cashel and then be more likely to come out and say, I am a bit hungry now. I was up there for an hour and three quarters. I'll go down and have my lunch. Rather than the standard thing of sitting into the car going somewhere else.
0: Why isn't the OPW listening? Well,
2: (laughs) Well, I hope they are. And I'm going to mention that. I'm going to mention that. We have a tourism forum now going ahead on Tuesday evening in the source at 7 o'clock. And that is actually one of the points I will be making. And I hope the OPW will come along and, and listen to that. Now, I'm not saying... There may be other reasons. All I do is I put forward we consider this yes. tell me why you can't do it like the way John F. Kennedy tell me why not yeah. Yeah. and that's what I would say about that why too the ecclesiastical site there is people would spend more time I would love to see the ecclesiastical site of the Rock of Cashel and Hoare and then when you come down off the Rock of Cashel there's a sign that says Hoare Abbey and then we put our toe in the water and maybe twice a day in the summer we have the offering that there's a guide on the Rock of Cashel at maybe a 1030 and 230 who will take you down and tell you the story of Horebi as well as that. Now there's some work going on it I know and they mm-hmm. are upgrading mm-hmm. around there yes. but those are the sort of opportunities. Often you don't need to build a huge new interpretive centre or something like that. If you look imaginatively at what you have there already, you can often very much do it and in fact I think, you know, the interpretive centres and that, they're another thing that has shot their bolt as well as that. You, there's too many so, of yeah. them and it's too easy on to get, you know, if you want information Information now on Michael Collins, you're probably unlikely to go down to some interpretive centre in Cork. You just go online, you read a book, or there'd be or loads of stuff it. or podcasts and everything else. And the forum, John, yeah. that's taking place in there, is, is, is that open to...? Open to anyone. Okay. And the whole idea is, I'm actually speaking at it, but the main thing is anyone can come in there and they can express their views. That's what it's all about. Gerard Arcee, the county chairman, is speaking there as well. But in a way, we are not terribly important. What the raison d'etre here is all these people coming in and you know and speaking their views. That's what we're hoping. I will hope, and I hope Ger will as well, to try and be controversial and simulate their views. But in the end, you know, if you're interested in tourism in Tipperary, from any part of Tipperary, come to the source at 7pm tomorrow evening. Right. I'll meet you there. Gerard darcy will meet you. We'll have something to say
0: I I hope I can get along to that, but big what rate. I'd love to hear you discuss is accommodation because I mean that's the big issue, isn't it? It is, absolutely. I mean,
2: and that has spin-off effects then. I mean the hotels and the accommodation providers are doing quite well. But what happens is then you have the who loses out are the coffee shops, mm. the small attractions, that kind of thing. I'll say it straight out, I'm all in favor of Ukrainians coming in here. But our, the capacity of this country, as far as I'm concerned, is the capacity of the number of people we can look at, out after, well, outside of the accommodation sector. That's the way I see it. And are it, we at saturation point where that is concerned? Uh, yeah, well, I think we probably well, We're at saturation point now, even with the accommodation uh, sector included. Yeah. That's where that's where I see it. So, it's the convents, it's the public sector buildings, it's the old monasteries, it's all of that. But, you you know, you don't go in, you know, it's, it would be like... Putting, I think, uh, you know, taking over, closing down a, a pharma factory, closing it down and saying, we're putting, uh, you know, we've put accommodate, uh, migrants, we're putting them in there. We should take them, we should spend money on them, but you can't compromise an industry, any industry. And tourism is the one that always gets the rough end of the stick. whether it is with COVID. If you think of COVID, all the big, you know, industry, other industries powered ahead, pharma, tech, agriculture, everything else, they were cut out there, they're cut out now accommodation they were called remember you remember if you go back to recession but go back before that remember the ash cloud I that goes you. down Europe yeah, for two weeks of course it did yeah. the, you know, FMD going back there terrorism everything else so it, it can be a fragile industry in that sense and it seems hmm. to be always the whipping by that's and, what and I'm still it's
0: vital to us for the future absolutely you know, and the spin off and the growth
2: yeah. from it and uh, it's also vital because it brings spending like St. Ecton's Way it brings spending into the smaller towns and the smaller villages I know the groups that are going through on St. Ecton's Way one thing they almost always stop in Art Finan and have a coffee there because they're passing. By that helps to keep those vibrant businesses alive. And what I'd love to see now is keeping villages alive using the cooperative model, more cafes, you know, the, like the one up in Anacarty. Mm. They're spreading maybe not fast enough. I'd love to see far more of those because, you know, they, they bring life to a village and tourists can go in there and meet. Well, I mean, the you
0: mentioned bit. the one in Anacarty and that is the life and soul of that village now. Yeah. I mean, because within the village itself, there's not a pub anymore. So yeah. that is the social sort of outlet for most people you know. and
2: you're not clashing mostly with pubs anyway because yeah. even when there's a pub there mostly now they'll only maybe open five nights a week and maybe open at eight o'clock yeah. I think that could be something like the old cooperative model you know where the dairy co-op spread yes. across the country we say about 120 years ago I think this mm. could spread across the country like a prairie well, fire as it well. Be great? well it started. Be it started
0: in Lockmore in fairness and they do it brilliantly up there as well the 50th annual charity challenge yeah. as well that's taking place at Kerry I know you wanted to mention that as I'll
2: well just sure, mentioned yeah. that as well. Now, we're nearly full up. Uh, we have, I suppose, about 130 people on it and our max is about 140. So if anyone wants to come along, it supports charity. So what they can come along and they book in for this weekend, it costs them 225 euros. And what they'll get for that is two nights in a four-star hotel, a grand dinner Saturday night. But the main thing about it is, on Saturday, they can pick from a choice of six walks. If they always want reasonably fit and they always want to do Carin you can do it. A whole lot of won't your listeners with the other four walks but it comes down then in stages right down to Huska, you know a nature and heritage walk in Killarney National Park in between then you have the dinner and you have more walks again on Sunday you know but there's a walk for everyone you don't have to yeah. do Carantuhl or Mangerton you can do your walk in the park I'm doing the Kerry Way the old Kenmare Road which is fabulous and over the years this is the 50th one and on average we don't go mad on it we try to raise about 5,000 and we have succeeded in doing that and over uh, the 50 of them then we're well over 250,000 at wow. this stage so and oh, we're supporting fantastic. Down Syndrome House in Torres and uh you know Embrace Farm and all and, that And and so. would you agree with me John and I'm sick of saying it here I'm sure I'm boring
0: people with it that we should all go to Kerry for a masterclass of you know, how to develop tourism, yes. particularly to Killarney. I mean, you know. There's really,
2: nowhere like it, absolutely. Know. I've been dealing with them for years. I mean, they understand the product. Oh. They've been so long Sheesh. in it. They understand the give and take. Nobody, I mean, generally the Irish touring product has, Im- become, has improved immensely over the last year. You know, when I'm going to Scotland and England, their tourism product is nothing like what we have developed here. And Killarney is the shining example. They've been there since, I think it was 1861, when Queen Victoria came yeah, and yeah. created Ladies' View and that. They understand tourism. Once the railways came in there, and it's a huge right. tradition. And my God, I, can, I don't know anywhere in the world that does it as well. But
0: with a, with creativity and vision, yeah. Tipperary and the Glen of Arlo could be on par, do you not?
2: Think? Yes. We do. we can't go directly in with them but we have to develop our own strengths. Yes. And I see strengths like uh as I say, Saint Ecclins way with Watford, I see the way the the Littleton Labyrinth, they're different. There's nothing in Kerry like those and, you know, I, I also always think, and again, I'm only throwing out the question mm. because, you know, Father Seltz is up there may have different ideas. Holy Cross Abbey. If you look at what they have done up in Ballantubber Abbey in Mayo, Holy Cross Abbey, I think could be something, it could be a major attraction there, but it's it's not promoted. There is guided tours of it by volunteers and that kind of thing. I'd be asking the question, what way can we make that more attractive? We don't have to build anything, it's there, it's just getting the the message out. So that's the forum, it's at the source? It's at the source. What what time is that happening? Seven o'clock. Seven Seven o'clock and a chance to express your views on tourism there. Yes, and and
0: to be an opportunity to be frank about it as well. Um, Your books, how are the books going by the way? I know the 50 best Irish walks. That that is selling like
2: yeah, yes, yeah. Doesn't that one has sold really well. I mean. uh We brought it out in two thousand and twenty-two, and we had to reprint it in February two thousand and twenty-three. And the reprint is now about three quarters sold out, as well as that. So that's been my big. It's going to be a big seller. But the Pilgrim Paths in Ireland has still been that has gone through four reprints at that stage. So, and then I have also Wild Stories. That's a one not so much for going out. It's you want you're sitting at home by the fire, (laughs) and the rain is. Outside mm. and it's all the stories of the characters and the people who have populated the Irish uplands. You know, we'll say we had a lot about. Liam Lynch, do you remember we sure, did that? Yes, Tom Barry, yeah. all these people had recourse to the hills when they wanted to escape, I suppose what they saw as British oppression, and they always got the most support from the hill people. So in other words, we'll say you know, when the Civil War w- was on a lot of people would have been pro-treaty but you would go down to places like Aherlow, and you would find the majority of the people still there would support the Republican cause.
0: It's <laughs> interesting, isn't it? And you've been kind enough to give us two books, but one I'll do is I'll hold them over if it's OK with yeah. you until tomorrow and we'll give them away. And I just
2: amount. say, if anyone wants more on the Kerry Challenge, which is going on 13th, 14th and 15th of October, if they ring this number 086-807-1753 and who's there is actually Breed will answer okay. that. Can you give that out to... one
0: more time, John? 86
2: 807 1753. All right, Emma
0: will have that uh, just in case you've uh, missed it as well. John, great to see you. Thanks. By the way, we're talking tomorrow night in the source, isn't it? Yes, tomorrow night. It's Tuesday night. (laughs) All right, thanks very much indeed, John. We'll take a break back in a moment.
2: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry
0: in association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's
2: Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie.